0: Declassified. Yes, three letters. Cause I'm guys. We uh-huh. got Eric Ellie. Who else? We got Brian. Listen, every time you know it's gonna be some try Everybody certified. fuck pocket rock ain't can't tell no, no lies. UVV, my lose your mind, can only put this in your top. Welcome back to the WFT Declassified podcast. Is your host Le? I am in the building. We have Eric. What's going on? I hope to be
1: in the building one day. Right now, I'm just in a house.
0: <laughs> and we got Brian. What's up, Brian? Commander's reporting for duty. How are you? That's right. I am coming live from the WFTD Classified Podcast Studio. You can see I don't have my normal background, uh, but enjoy the view. It's a nice one. Uh, Let's see, Uh, what's going on? I got a commander's jacket, the letterman jacket. It uh, was shipped to me by the team today. I don't know what it looks like because it got sent to my old house, but I will pick that up tomorrow. But tonight, tonight, we're gonna talk to you about quarterbacks and uh, the impact that some of these potential quarterbacks that have been linked to us could have in terms of improvement for our team. Eric, you are up first, sir. The first name I'm gonna give you is Deshaun Watson. Talk to me about you know how you think the fit might be, and then what impact you think in terms of wins and losses he might have, assuming the rest of the roster stays the same.
1: Yeah, so there's two schools of thought as far as the fit goes. The first one is this team has been through so much off the field with just the female employee thing, the 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 horrible stuff that has happened in the past, and. Are people seriously considering bringing Deshaun Watson, regardless of whether he's guilty or not, the accusations are there. Are we seriously consider bringing him in and dealing with that PR nightmare? The other school of thought is we're already so far buried under all that stuff. What's one more thing, bring him in. (laughs) I don't really know where I'm at with that right now. Like I I can't fathom them bringing him here purely on the field. uh, That would be a home run. Um, I mean, he's a fantastic quarterback. He's as good as they come. I mean, he's legit probably a top five quarterback in the NFL. He instantly makes your team a contender. Um, and there's no reason from a football perspective not to go get him. Um, obviously, it would probably – I don't know how much it would cost. I would assume it would still cost a lot, um, you know, depending on how all, all of his off-the-field stuff goes. If that gets cleared up, I'm sure there's going to be a bidding war for his services. Washington's probably not the most popular destination mm-hmm. – um, so it, it would be a pretty penny, but I think it'd be worth it for a guy of his caliber because he's really just an ascending superstar in this league. So I don't see any reason from a football perspective not to bring him in. That would be an absolute home run. Just the PR stuff would be a disaster. Uh, but again, everybody hates this team anyway uh, for that stuff. So why not? Right.
0: Yeah. Well, in terms of wins and losses, how much does he make us better?
1: I mean, you plug him in on the on the last year's team, even with the defensive struggles. I think you're I think you're a playoff team. I think you're probably nine to ten wins, even on last year's team. Um, you know, with some other off uh, with some other improvements this year. I mean, there's no reason why you can't be a double digit win team.
0: Yeah, and I think you know to your point, if if Watson was a free agent, this is a different conversation, right? Because you're just it's just money, but the fact that you'd have to trade draft picks and inherit the the nightmare scenario of the off the field stuff that's when it becomes too much Pile on to that the stuff that happened on capitol hill uh most recently and, and there's no way <laughs>
1: there's absolutely no way i
0: just don't see it Can't
1: but it. It, honestly it's just the type of tone deaf mood that this team would make so <laughs> i don't see it but it wouldn't surprise me either
0: yeah man that would be crazy um i and to be honest with you i was in favor of this from a uh, winning on the field type perspective but like i said just the the continuation of the capitol hill stuff or the uh the hearings over the issues in the front office just it, you can't you can't do it Brian. i'm gonna give you one uh and maybe the complete opposite direction russell wilson talk to me about him the fit and uh wins and loss improvement
2: yeah you go from one not so stellar reputation to mr squeaky clean uh reputation uh Russell Wilson, I think the fit is uh, there. Uh, I think we have weapons on offense. I think uh, with the free agency money that we do have, we will spend uh, to help that defense out. But the fit would be good. Uh, We need an elite level quarterback. We need somebody who's a difference maker at the position. And we need somebody uh, experienced as well, too. So I think that would work well. Um, offensive coordinator Scott Turner will work well. He doesn't seem to be a combative uh, or a, you know, kind of a large personality. So I think he would work well with Russell Wilson and, you know, as he should, he should cater to Russell, uh, Russell Wilson and, you know, running some of the formations plays that he likes. Um, Rivera's a good head coach. He communicates well. Players love him, so I don't see that being any type of issue. And hey, we need we need a stellar image here, right? We do have a problem. Our team here is mired in all kinds of garbage on a regular, consistent basis. And you know, Rivera is probably the only upstanding kind of person that uh, that we've got, you know, going for us. And uh, Russell Wilson certainly would help that. So on the field, absolutely home run Um, it would lead to more wins than we've had here in some time Um, but it's going to cost and it's going to cost a lot Um, there's an article out there uh, the Bears last year they tried to go actually uh, out and get Russell Wilson um, last year and their GM met with uh, Pete Carroll at the combine last year three first round picks and two starters were offered and Pete Carroll shot it down so we would have to start there and go up even more probably to make them even, you know, pay attention or listen to us. So it's going to cost us, but he'd be worth it. He would give us legitimacy. Uh, He would give us the ability to win every game. We would have an opportunity to win every game. Not that we would, but we'd have that opportunity. We could certainly, uh, you know, think about playoffs and, you know, actually doing something in the playoffs, not just a seven and nine and then uh, get bounced in that first game.
0: Yeah. I I like Wilson a lot. I think he's certainly an impact player. Um, The, giving up more than three draft picks and two players is a little bit difficult because of the future prospect. You want there to be something left when his situation is over with, right? But when you commit that much in terms of resources, that makes that nearly impossible <laughs> to be. And you're going to be, you know, once he's done here, you're going to be pretty much in the mud for the next three, two to three years afterwards. So that, that's a tough ask. I still say you do it. If he becomes available, you got you to make that move
2: yeah even if you think it's not possible it's one of those ones you have to make the effort you've got to make the offer you've got to make them tell you no you know like stop calling like don't call us anymore we're not trading them you've got to you've got to let them tell you that you can't just uh, assume anything if he's unhappy let's you know let's swing for the fences yeah for sure all right
1: eric talking about jimmy g As we move down the totem pole,
0: Uh,
1: Jimmy Garoppolo is. I would call him polarizing. He's in that Kirk Cousins class of quarterback. He would make this team better. He wouldn't make this team good enough to compete for a championship. I think San Francisco, I think we can agree, has a better roster than what what we have, uh, at least right now. And I don't. I don't have a problem with Jimmy G, but you're you're gonna be kind of treading water with him. You're gonna be in that seven to nine win category most likely. Maybe I don't know this year. Maybe it's the eight to ten win category now that there's a 17 game season. You're not going to. He's not going to instantly make this team that much better. He's a better quarterback than Taylor Heineke, um, but I think that his mistakes um, will be more costly unless this team can improve the roster around him quite a bit. Obviously the asking price for him is going to be a lot lower uh, than what it would be for uh, Deshaun Watson or Russell Wilson. You could probably get out. I don't even think it would cost a first round pick unless there's like a serious bidding war. I think a second round pick because he's in the last year of his deal. You, you know, there's not a lot of bargaining power on the 49ers part at this point. So I think you could get him for less and I think he's fine. I think if you take him, you have to draft somebody though, not necessarily in the first round, but I think you have to draft a quarterback to sit behind him because I just don't think he's the long-term answer. And I think he's a pretty good quarterback and you're going to have a pretty good team with him, but you're not going to be a contender.
0: Are you giving up a second round pick without a long-term deal for him?
1: Um, No, I think it comes with the, I think you, you, you work on a deal for him. You either get, you give him a two to three year extension on top of what he's going to make next year. His cap hit really isn't that bad next year. It's like $24 million. It's not, is it you know for a starting quarterback that's about par for the course and this team's got a ton of cap space and I think you can work I think you can work out a deal at least a two year extension with him it shouldn't be an issue but I don't think I would trade a first round pick without the a verbal agreement from his agent first that that's going to happen
0: yeah.
2: What about his uh, injury uh, history? I mean, he's he's good for at least three to four games a year uh, missing with, with some kind yeah. of thing. That, does that play into it? Does that lower the price tag or is that it doesn't matter?
1: I mean, that kind of factors into my assessment of you're going to be stuck in that, you know, seven to ten win category because, yeah, that's a good part of it is that you're going to, you're going to miss him for a couple of games. You know, if you get 17 games out of him, maybe you win 11 games. Uh, I don't think he's – I don't know. He just seems like he's in that, you know, 15 to – well – I don't know, like 12 to 18 range of quarterbacks where he's not going to lift your team, but he's not going to kill you either most of the time, although he, you know, he's yeah, made he some will. mistakes, but he does. Yeah, he he he's good for, he's almost like, uh, I mean, he's, I, I, Kirk Cousins is like the best comparison. I think he's a really, that's a very fair comparison to him is he's not going to be the problem or the solution.
0: I think what Kirk Cousins is a little more consistent than Jimmy G is um maybe it's just based on opportunity and where he plays i mean if jimmy g played minnesota he would probably be putting the ball in the air a lot more um, but he does seem prone to that critical mistake and you know we always said it was that guy in dc <laughs> cousins so um I, i'm pretty much on par with what you said it's 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 a wash probably in terms of wins with the same roster that we have right now you know if we ran it back this year so um in that same tier i got mitchell trubisky brian where are you going with Trubisky? Is he is he a net gain for us? Well, I think Brian's hard at work researching Mitchell Trubisky. <laughs> <laughs> with Mitchell Trubisky, I kind of see him as a, um, a guy that I don't, I'm not all that interested in Trubisky. I'll put it that way. I think he does some things relatively decent, but nothing incredibly well to the point where you think that you can have long-term success with him. The other problem is there's still a little bit of unknown with Trubisky. And are you willing to spend a couple of years trying to figure that out with him? Yeah, the Trubisky, I like
1: Trubisky. I think that uh he was, you know, a lot of a, a lot of criticism on him is unfair being that it's not his fault where he was drafted. Obviously, you know, if you had to do it over, you'd take Patrick Mahomes, Deshaun Watson over him. Um, He was it was pretty well known that he was going to be a bit of a project coming out. He went into a situation where he was the number two overall pick and he was supposed to be a savior. Uh, And it was just, it was, he was just set up to fail. Um, I think he handled it well. And I think his numbers in Chicago, despite what he went through were pretty solid for the most part. I mean, he was, I know, you know, quarterbacks, you know, wins and losses don't directly attribute to the quarterback, but if you look at when he played and when he didn't play, the record was a lot better when he was in there. Um, He's nearly two to one touchdown to interception ratio. Uh, Again, all this uh, in a Matt Nagy offense that, you know, isn't good. And he's been to the playoffs twice. Um, You know, with Matt Nagy as a head coach, the guys had no success outside of having Mitch Trubisky under center. So I think Trubisky is worth a look. I actually put him, I would take him over Garoppolo, honestly. Mm. Um, and it might be because it's like buying a lottery ticket—like you just hope it works out. <laughs> but you know, he's there's definitely more risk with him. But I think the the reward is potentially a lot higher with somebody like Trubisky.
0: Yeah, if there's a any if any of these quarterbacks are the Ryan Tannehill story all over again, it would be Trubisky, right? Yes. Where he could potentially go somewhere else and thrive because the situation he was in wasn't that great. I'm I'm 100 with you there. I just I don't like the fact that I'm investing in the unknown. And, um, of course, is it the investment in, in Trubisky is probably not going to be all that much anyway, right? So you could still afford to Yeah, you Yeah, that- he's, he's a free agent. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, so you're
1: not trading for him. And, you know, you're going to have to outbid the Giants because I think that's probably his number one destination is yeah. uh, he's going to take Daniel Jones' job. I think that's where he's going to end up most likely. But
0: uh, I, w- I would be willing to roll the dice on Trubisky. Okay. Would you draft somebody behind him as well or would you just roll the dice with him for the next year, and then see what happens after that. Yeah, I think you give him a year before you look at drafting
1: somebody, especially with the supposed down class that you were supposed to have this year. I don't think you need to. I don't think it, you need to bring him in and then immediately go get competition. I think Trubisky and Heineke uh, is probably a uh, was probably a, would do all right to get you through next season. Uh, and and it, if it fails miserably, then I look like an idiot, and that's fine. Uh, it's not the first time; won't be the last. But yeah, I don't. Especially with like what he's already been through, I don't think you immediately bring somebody in behind him. Maybe you, you maybe like a fourth or fifth round pick on a quarterback, like a Bailey Zap or somebody that you know would be a project. But I don't think you need to draft like you know Malik Willis or you know Sam Howell right behind him to see you know and just put him through that. I
0: think you give him a chance. Right. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. All right. So Jameis Winston is the next quarterback. as we're gonna. Uh, Welcome, Brian, back into this. So, Jameis Twits is a quarterback that I've been trumpeting all offseason because I think that he might be the most realistic option out of all these guys. Um, Now, the big issue with him is the injury that he suffered, you know, in the middle of the year last year. But he had 14 touchdowns and three picks last year. His best season in terms of taking care of the ball um, and and being productive for his offense. He's also only 28 years old. So, Jameis has some room to grow himself as well. He has a big arm. He will throw the ball down the field, which is something we have been lacking in Washington for God knows how long. The thing that scares everybody is the turnovers. But every quarterback on this list, aside from maybe Russell Wilson and Deshaun Watson, the two elite guys, have issues with turnovers. So um, you're not really losing much compared to the other guys on this list in that regard. And I think he'll sign for a reasonable contract. And he's a guy that's dedicated to his craft. Has it always produced the results you like? No, but Jameis is a productive quarterback. He's thrown for... 5,000 yards in this league he's thrown for 30 plus touchdowns in this league and I think he can really really be effective with the right coaching Um, he's more mobile than people give him credit for and I think they can work with Scott Turner's offense because I think Scott Turner wants a pocket passer and Jameis is a pure pocket passing quarterback I'm a little
1: concerned about Jameis Winston in that I think this year might have been an aberration I wish I could have seen more his, inter- his turnovers were way down. His also his yards per game and his touchdowns were lower than his career averages as well. He struck me as a little bit robotic this year, like I'm going to do exactly what Sean Payton tells me. and I'm not going to. He wasn't taking the chances as much as he as he would have been in the past. Which obviously he threw 30 interceptions, so maybe that's not a bad thing in Tampa. Um, but I think you know if you know had he played a full season, his numbers probably would have reflected you know his lower turnovers. You'd also see lower numbers across the board. Just because he was purposely playing safe, and maybe that was for a contract, maybe that was for what Sean Payton was doing for him, but I, I I think Winston would be—he'd be another guy that I would, I would, I would sign, and I would likely probably draft somebody behind him just in case, because you've got a huge upside with Winston if he could really get that turnover thing under control. But yeah, it's a little risky, but I, I wouldn't have a problem signing James Winston next year.
2: I definitely agree, Eric, uh, about the uh, the Sean Payton factor with Jameis Winston. I think he really kind of coached out um, and crafted a game plan where, hey, Winston, just do what I ask you to do here. And we can cut out some of these uh, turnovers and some of these kind of dumb decisions that he he tends to have sometimes. I don't know if he would get that here in Washington, um, you know, an experienced play caller. Uh, offensive coordinator who's able to kind of craft that game plan to, to limit some of those uh, bad decisions. So um, I don't know. You you guys seem to you, – you think that there's more upside with uh, Winston. I, I think he is, you know, just a journeyman quarterback now at this point in his life. And um, if you sign him, you better draft somebody high because I, I, I can't really see Jameis as a, the future of anything outside of a one- to two-year, you know, um, you know fix ouch that's
0: harsh man that's harsh right? <laughs> listen one thing Jameis does is he gets your number one receiver involved we need somebody like that for terry he would be a renaissance guy for terry's career i mean terry's been great but this guy would take terry to the upper echelon of the nfl wide receivers he really would trayvon Diggs too <laughs> <laughs> i see what you did there <laughs>
2: that's good that's good that you brought up terry though so like out of these quarterbacks that we, we were talking about which one you know which of these guys would make terry stay you know outs obviously uh aaron Rodgers, russell wilson but do do any of these other guys make terry stay long term
1: i think commas and zeros are
0: what's going to make terry stay <laughs> if you have enough For of those sure. he'll stick around yeah, I I mean, is Terry going to stick around for Jimmy Garoppolo? Probably not. Is he gonna, I mean, if you're talking about just solely for the quarterback, I think Jameis and I think Russell Wilson, only two guys we've talked about so far that would do that. Um, but I'm gonna throw another one at you, Brian. Yep. Marcus Mariota. Talking about him. Where you at with him?
2: Um, Marcus Mariota is Plan F G Z W Y T. Like he he is last resort. Uh, break the glass in case of emergency. Like. He's not going to give you really kind of any type of offense. It's going to be very similar to what we've seen here. Um, Safe check down throws. Um, He'll probably, he is mobile, so uh, he'll take off and run if uh, he doesn't find anything. But in terms of stretching the field, you were just talking about Jameis uh, with the big arm who stretches the field. That's the opposite of Mariota. Mariota has a decent arm. Uh, he just, he doesn't like throwing it down the field. Um, so that's not really going to help us. It's not going to, um, you know, greatly change, uh, our win total seven games the past two years, probably something similar. Um, maybe, uh, you know, maybe he's a little bit more careful in terms of turnovers, uh, than Taylor Heineke was, but, um, it, it's, it's, I wouldn't even call it a step up. I mean, it is very similar, maybe, uh, a, a, a few less, uh, interceptions on his part, but, uh, if you if you sign him, you've got to draft somebody high to go with him because he is not going to be. Um, I I don't see him making it through a, a full season in terms of uh, his play. Um, he's been he's gotten hurt uh, even as a backup. He's gotten hurt uh, with the Raiders. So um, you know, even if he's here, we may end up still seeing either a rookie and or Taylor Heineke. So um, that's that's a that's a last resort. We don't we don't want to get to that option.
0: Yeah. I'm not as, as hard on Mariota as you are. I agree with you on the injury front. You can't trust him because he's going to get hurt. And how hurt he's going to be, he he seems to suffer those issues that kind of linger too, which I don't like about him. Um, he's, he's in that same boat, though, of Trubisky and Jameis to where you don't know what you have in him. His ceiling could be high. Is it likely to be high? No. Is the probability for his ceiling to uh, be higher than Jameis? No. Um, but he could function very well in Scott Turner's offense. If, if you took Clay and said, I'm going to make a quarterback that fits Scott Turner's offense, that's Marcus Mariota. The problem is he can't stay on the field and you cannot build your team around something like that. So you'd have to get him fairly cheap on the contract. And then you'd also have to have a backup that could be ready to play behind him. So essentially um, Heineke. Right. But then once uh, if you get stuck with him being out for the season, now you got Heineke for the rest of the year and you're right back where you started. So it's, it's, it's certainly a risky play.
2: And here's my biggest uh, kind of red flag for for Mariota is that when he was in Tennessee, they didn't ask him to do a whole lot. Right. It was hand the ball off and some play action passes. And that was really it. Like that. He wasn't throwing it 40 you know plus times a game. They they were run centric office our offense and he struggled in a run centric offense so if if you're having that you know type of trouble there more is going to be asked of him here in this offense he's you know we are going to rely on him to throw the ball and win the game for us um and i just you know that uh, that doesn't sound like a, a, a good recipe uh, for me yeah
0: yep eric teddy b teddy b h2o talk to us about teddy b teddy bridgewater if he were
1: an ice cream flavor, he would be milk. <laughs> <laughs> I, <laughs> like, I mean, I don't, and here's the thing is I've always liked Teddy Bridgewater. I always will cheer for him, but I think he's just the, he's the guy you're going to go get. If you can't get Mariota, like he's the dude who's you know, he's the, uh, he's the last call check at the bar. Like he's that guy. That's just going to be, I'm sorry. That was not appropriate. I apologize. but he's, that's what he, he's going to be. He's going to be the last resort for this team. I just, he's just boring. He's dull. He makes, you know, the smart throw he's conservative. He's not super mobile anymore. He's just there. He's going to be, he's kind of a just a guy quarterback. Um, he's, I mean, I, I would compare him to a less efficient Alex Smith. Um, so if that's what you were – and I was actually cool with Alex Smith. I, I was a big – I got made fun of a lot for, for how supportive I was of Alex Smith. So if Teddy Bridgewater's here uh, – I was right, by the way. Um, if he's here, I'm, I'm happy to have him. Um, I just don't – there are so many better options that if you ended up with Teddy Bridgewater this offseason after what you said about going and swinging for the fences – that is a massive fail for you. That's a huge L for Rod Rivera if he can't go do that. Um, so, you know, unless he's drafting, a, I mean, if, if they take Teddy Bridgewater, it's almost assured that they're going to go first-round quarterback. They're going to take – they're probably going to move up in the draft to get somebody like Malik Willis uh, or uh, Pickett, but they're going to make a move. He's not their solution at quarterback. So, if he's there, I mean, you're a seven-win team maybe next year. Uh, it's just that's what he is at this point.
0: I tell you this though. Um, you know, he's he's very bland. I agree with you. But when he played for the Saints, uh, you saw something from him. He's a locker room leader. Guys love playing with Teddy Bridgewater. That matters in a different way than guys like playing for Heineke. Guys like Heineke's story. Teddy Bridgewater is a leader amongst leaders. Um, that quality cannot be understated. You know, Ron Rivera is gonna love that. Um look he's he's a distributor that's what he is he is a pure distributor of the football and not down the field right everything's within 15 yards all the time you have to have playmakers to uh for Teddy Bridgewater to be productive we got Terry who else is going to make Teddy Bridgewater a productive quarterback here that's a concern unless you get flexible with Gibson and his alignment I tell you what, J.D. McKissick would absolutely eat in an offense with Teddy Bridgewater. Holy smoke. I tell you, man, he's Alex Smith again. Yeah. He's just, that's what he would be. Just a, a, a very well-liked distributor. That's a good analogy yeah. for him. The, but the if problem, I- the, Real quick, Brian. The problem with offenses that are quarterbacked by distribu- uh, distribution quarterbacks is that it takes too many plays to score so your offense is inefficient and the more plays you run in the nfl the higher your probability is for a mistake to occur you know what i'm saying a fumble a deflection uh, uh interception something like that so guys that are not efficient in terms of moving the ball down the field are going to be more prone to issues like that in today's nfl with with teddy i think um, you, you know
2: yeah, he's, he's another one of the last resort type guys. But I think if you get Teddy, uh, you already know we're going Matt Corral, Kenny Pickett, Malik Willis, somebody high in the first round. We're going to go for them. But who better out of all of these guys? To have as a either a mentor or a bridge, you know, no pun intended, uh, than Teddy Bridgewater. I mean, he, you, you already said it. He is a leader in the locker room, but he's also a good mentor to other younger players. I mean, he would be the guy that you want uh, in there grooming a, you know, uh, a Matt Corral or, or whoever else it is that you choose to draft. I mean, that would be an ideal scenario. Have Teddy there, a steady hand. I mean, we, you know, Eric already mentioned it uh, the comparison to Alex Smith. I mean, that veteran uh, leadership really steadied uh, the team and helped so many ways. Was it flashy? No, not at all. Um, But it helped and we needed that. And I think we've got a lot of young guys on this team, but I don't think we've got a lot of veteran leadership real strong leadership um and i think uh i think he could help is he um is he going to be more than that no um but you would bring him in solely knowing hey we've got to we're going to use him to help bring along uh whoever the actual future is
0: yeah and you're gonna have to be okay with a seven win season because of it but you know uh all right so aside from the two top tier guys wilson and watson eric if you had to choose from that list that we talked about which one are you going with
1: Um, I would take, if I was looking for my guy and I couldn't get the other two, if I'm looking for the guy, it would be Trubisky and just with my fingers crossed. Um, anybody, he's the only one I would take and not draft somebody. So Trubisky would be my guy.
0: Brian, what about you?
1: Whoa. Um,
2: (laughs) wait, so, uh, outside of, uh, Wilson and Watson,
0: who would I take? on the, that we talked about. Yep.
2: None of them. I don't want any of these dudes. Um, (laughs) I'm going to be forced to pick one though, because we're not going to get either of those guys. So um, I, I I would go Bridgewater um, because my, my goal is to draft somebody. Um, Even if you, you know, uh, get any of these other guys. Uh, One thing about Trubisky, I will say, and I don't know if it's been talked about yet or not, but, or enough. He chose to go to Buffalo. He chose to be a backup. There were jobs out there where he could have gone and competed to be the starter and or been the starter. He chose to be a backup. To me, that tells me you don't want the spotlight. You don't want when things get hard. You don't want everyone looking to you for answers as a starting quarterback. If you go there, um, you know it's not like there, uh, the, the job was open for competition. It was just a backup role there, and you went uh, there. So I, I don't know um, – you know, if I want somebody like that as my uh, starting quarterback. So, um, yeah, if I can't get Wilson or Aaron Rodgers, uh, and obviously Deshaun Watson is, you know, that's, that's going to be a no-go. Um, give me Teddy and uh, let's focus on the draft because that's, that's
0: the real option. So the thing I'll say is with him in Buffalo, I think he wanted a chance to reset himself and to learn um, how to be more of a pro quarterback under Dayball and work with Josh Allen. I kind of, i understand where you're coming from and i kind of agree with you a little bit but um i i can give him a pass on that if, if there's one guy i'm going with it's Jameis. you already know that i think he has the biggest arm um i think he's the most proven of the guys on this list he's done it before he's put up big yardage he's put up big numbers he's put up big touchdowns can he control the big interceptions and that's the key but i would go with Jameis out of anybody on that list so all right, you know what time it is. I got a couple of trivia questions for you, Brian. You're going on the hot seat first this week. It's all about quarterbacks. I'm gonna get. I'm gonna give you a nice and easy one. In the year 2000, yeah, two starting quarterbacks. Who were they in the year 2000? Um, Tony Banks
2: and um, no, no. <laughs> <laughs> um. There's no. Yeah, I don't know. That that was like really the only guess I had.
1: That was the go for broke year. That was this free agent spending year. That was Jeff George and uh, oh, Brad Johnson.
0: Yeah. Mm, so, man. Eric, Eric came out smoking. <laughs> All right. Eric, I got a hard one for you. 2002, we started a grand total of three quarterbacks. Who were they?
1: That would be Patrick Ramsey, Danny Werfel, and Shane Matthews
0: wow all right right. i'm gonna get a little harder on you next okay that was spurrier man those were his guys eric i'm gonna come right back to you 1990 we had three Chubb rock
1: jumped up on the scene (laughs) my old heads know that one (laughs) who were our three (laughs) quarterbacks in 1990 uh 1990 we had mark rippon stan humphreys and drum roll please jeff rutledge
0: led I us to the biggest
1: him. comeback, biggest comeback in team history against the Detroit <laughs> Lions. Stan Humphrey's gotten it. It was the week after the body bag game. Stan Humphrey started, and he got knocked out, and and we were down. Uh, it was like we were down like 38. To, it was like 31 to 10. It was like this crazy comeback, and R- Jeff Rutledge, who was like the holder, led the team to the comeback. Wow.
0: In- incredible. Just incredible. Okay, so the year before RG3, 2011, we started two quarterbacks, Brian. Who were they?
2: Yeah. Um, John Beck Rex Roseman
0: nice you got one I All got right,
2: one. <laughs> <laughs> that's it no more all
0: right Eric 2018 name all four starting quarterbacks 2018 that would be Alex Smith
1: uh Alex Smith um his backup and the other guy and the <laughs> third guy fourth guy no it was Alex Smith and then I can't, I'm drawing a complete blank on 2018. This is, see, the new stuff is what gets me, like we the, the recent year stuff. But uh, Colt McCoy. Yeah, McCoy, um, Josh Johnson, Mark and Sanchez.
0: Mark Sanchez, yeah. All right, you guys got it collectively. Each get yeah. half a point. <laughs> I'm going to go way in the way back machine. I know you're not going to get this. <laughs> um, Eric, 1959, <laughs> we had two quarterbacks. Who were they?
1: 1959
0: Eddie Eddie LeBaron
1: (laughs) it was Eddie LeBaron I know he was the quarterback this was pre-sunny no let me think Eddie LeBaron and oh uh you're gonna say it and I'm gonna know it but I keep thinking Otto Graham but I know that's wrong so uh yeah I don't know Eddie LeBaron was one of them
0: that's insane. Absolutely. Yes, he was. He was one of them. And, wow. Uh, the other one was Ralph Gugliemi. Ralph who?
2: Ralph Cramden, right?
0: That's it. Uh, I see Pacio uh, me <laughs> Yeah, Ralph's up. Okay. Yeah, I have no idea. I don't know. got? Hey, it was still impressive. Okay, it was good. Brad, I'm gonna bring it back. In 1983, we had one quarterback. Who was it? Oh, come on, man. Three?
1: NFL MVP that year.
2: Oh, it's, uh, it's Theismann, right? It's Theismann. Yeah.
0: I'm giving you softballs, but... Yeah, I need them. I need them. I can't do all these hard ones. 87, Eric. Who was our uh, three starters in 87?
1: All right. So it was William Schrader and... Um, so there were, are we talking about the scab players? Because there was actually, I think, more than... Because there was like... The guy from Tennessee who was, like, on work release from jail. Uh, Tony something.
0: Not that guy. Not not that guy.
1: Uh, Mark Rippon was on the roster, but I think he was, like, practice squad or injured reserve. Uh, Oh, it's not – we're not talking scabs. We actually had three starting quarterbacks in 87 that weren't replacement players. Went to the University of Louisville. In 87? Um. Yeah, I don't know, Eddie Rupert. Sound familiar? Robert Ed Robert. He was one of the scabs. Was he? Okay. Yeah, sorry, that's I who see. I was thinking of. That's who I was thinking of. Yeah.
0: Okay. All right. He was hey, one of the hey, scabs. Was, yeah. yeah. Eighty-seven. Yeah. Um, <laughs> all right, let's finish this up, Brian. I got one more for you. Twenty-one. Nineteen ninety-eight. Name our two quarterbacks. 1998 was a great year, by the way, just to, you know, go ahead. 1998. It was a good year. Yeah. Was it a good year? Yeah. Not for the team necessarily. Yeah. The team. They were
1: terrible that year and they were like six and 10.
0: <laughs> um,
2: was was Farad on that team? No. Yes.
1: <laughs> Don't help him.
2: <laughs> he got it right. He got it right. I need, a, I need to phone a friend or something.
1: 1998 went on to be a starter and an actual star in the NFL somewhere else because we were too incompetent to sign him.
0: Uh, was that uh, Trent Green? Yes. Oh. You got it. I got to find something hard to finish up with uh, this one for Eric. Okay. <laughs> okay, you're not going to get this. 1968,
1: who were the two quarterbacks, Eric? 68, well, that would be Sonny Jurgensen. Mm-hmm and uh that was pre-kilmer i believe kilmer didn't come around until a couple years later 68 uh brian fong i
0: don't know <laughs> i was like wait is that him? no <laughs> it's uh jim ninkout nanowski yeah i have no idea me neither i was not i, I was not born then me neither All right, fellas, look, the quarterback is the most important position on the field. We are very close to solving this problem. If you're listening, we gave you our thoughts. Make sure you subscribe to the YouTube channel. Like, comment if you like. Tell a friend to tell a friend. Uh, Eric, what are your parting thoughts?
1: Go get the quarterback that is going to save this franchise. Go all in for Russ. Do
0: it. Make it happen. Make it happen. Brian, what are your parting thoughts for our listeners and viewers?
2: My parting thought is there is not a price high enough for a starting court or a franchise quarterback, I should say. So, you know, don't, don't get cheap when it comes to finding your guy. If it's a trade and you've identified him as the guy who's going to lead you to playoffs, Super Bowl, then three picks, starters, doesn't matter, send it. If it's in the draft and that's the guy that you think can take you to the promised land, Three, move up, get the top pick, do whatever you have to. No more half measures. We've been messing around, being conservative. We've got four defensive linemen who are all first-round picks. Defense is still bad. We need the quarterback, whatever it takes.
0: Ryan, there are about three different songs I thought you were going to break into there. <laughs> I thought you were going into Ain't No Mountain High Enough. <laughs> then yeah. I thought you were going to Ain't No Half Stepping. Yeah. But you, you kept it cool. Okay. Um, my parting thoughts are this um look i'm tired of losing and i'm tired of this franchise being in the news find us a quarterback that's going to keep us out of the news and in the win column and that means watson is off the table officially for me i think this is the first time that i'm saying this he is off the table let's go let's win some games let's do it the right way people we appreciate you tell your friends about us